Welcome to Redo of Life, a podcast that gives you the prescription for a fresh start. I'm your host and registered nurse, ready to inject you with the power to transform your life. Because we all deserve a second chance. Let's rewind and press Redo on Life together. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Redo of Life podcast. Yes, this is happening. We're starting season two of this podcast, and we are coming back stronger. This past couple of weeks away from you felt like an eternity. I wish I could have started doing this sooner, but honestly, with between all the traveling and then I got sick, I didn't have inspiration, uh, I didn't know how to start. So it took me a minute, but we are here now. We're doing it and I am so, so grateful. In this new season, I want to help you become a better version of yourself. I want this to be a podcast where you can learn, a safe space where you can become the best version of yourself. I'm going to be giving you advices and helpful things that will help you start fresh, especially in this new year. You can start fresh, you can redo your life. And I know that because I've been working on redoing my own life and I see that it is possible. So I want that for you as well. Hopefully you are as excited as I am about season two. I'm going to have uh, a different dynamic this time. I have some valuable people that are also going to join us in this podcast in season two. And I think that's what excites me the most because I cannot wait for you guys to hear what they have to say, to hear their stories and how they redid their life and, and take that motivation and put it into practice in your own life. So stay tuned for all of those episodes coming up. When I was thinking about what would be a good first episode for season two, all I could think about is that in these past couple of months, I have learned more than I have in my whole life. And I thought that the best thing to do was for me to share what I have learned with you. And again, I'm no expert. So take from everything that I said, what works for you, because we're all different. And maybe the things that worked for me might not work for you, but take what you can and use it in your own life. Friends, we all know that life is full of ups and downs. It's never going to be a constant. But what it is constant about life is that you always grow learn, and especially through mistakes and hardships. In a way, I think that is a beautiful thing because it's a gift that we have from heaven where we can take every day to evolve and become a better human being. However, if you'd have talked to me just a couple of months ago, this was not the way I viewed life. Life for me was a burden. I didn't have enthusiasm I didn't have a purpose. Honestly, I didn't want to leave. And maybe that's hard to believe, but it's true. There is definitely a difference of night and day between Mina today and Mina just five months ago. And if you were to ask me, what happened? What changed? I can't really pinpoint something or a specific moment or tell you 
oh, I just had an eye-opening experience and I became a new person after this happens. All I know is that God has been working my life and He has changed my mind. And this process is still ongoing. But there is something that made the difference in my life. And is that I finally got to meet my Savior. I have said this before. I was born in the church, going to church. I have learned about God my whole life. But I never truly met Him. I never had a close relationship with Him. I never understood what Jesus truly meant for me, in my life, in a practical way for me, in a personal matter. And I finally did. And when that happened, the change began. I am tremendously grateful for this because there's nothing I did or I could have done that has helped me redo my life. It's not through my power. It's all been through what He has done and what He is doing in my life. So that's how I know that He can do the same thing in your life. So let's start this episode and let me share with you some of the lessons I learned in this past year. And one of the most important ones I think I learned is that happiness starts in the mind. I was running around. I was feeling frustrated. I was feeling unhappy and I was looking for happiness. I don't know in what, in someone, on something And I couldn't find it. And I was asking myself, why am I so unhappy? Why am I in this cycle where I cannot get out? Well, I feel so frustrated about my life. So unhappy about my life where I cannot find a purpose. That's when I came across one of my favorite books now that have taught me that you cannot find happiness anywhere outside but inward happiness it's all about a state of mind that comes from controlling your own thoughts and learning to be grateful so learning to have a healthy mental diet and exercising and retraining your mind to think the right way will bring you true happiness and we will talk a little bit more about it uh, so you can understand how that looks like But the first thing you have to grasp is that happiness is not outside. It's inside because it starts in your mind. So the book that I am talking about that I actually have mentioned it before in the podcast is The 4-8 Principle by Tommy Newberry, The Secret to a Joy-Filled Life. And I really recommend you guys to read this book because it's truly life-changing. I mean, what you read there is the secret, is the truly the secret to have a happy life. So the next thing I learned is that how you think will direct your life and will create your circumstances. There is something that he says in the book that caught my attention it's, and it says, thoughts are causes and circumstances are the effects. I used to think the opposite. I used to think that, you know, you feel unhappy because your circumstances 
are bad or you feel frustrated because what you're going through makes you feel that way. But then when I understood this is that how you think your mindset can also affect or create your circumstances. I used to hear these stories about people, you know, heroes that were on prison or, or even reading Bible stories of people that were in like the worst circumstances ever and they still felt joyful and grateful. And I would think, how are they doing that? I don't even go through half of the stuff they have to go through and I feel this way. So I think the secret is to understand that what and how you think will affect your life. And you can change your circumstances by the way you think. So I want to share uh, a little bit with you of what he says on page 12. And it says, If your aim is to maximize your potential for joy, you must first discipline yourself mentally. Make the shift from random reactive thinking to deliberate purpose-driven thinking. Right Thinking is a choice you have to make for yourself for the rest of your life. If you are committed, you can select your thoughts and thereby shape your life here on earth into something spectacular. So yes, my friend, how you think will create your circumstances. So be aware of this and train your mind into thinking the right way so your circumstances will become what you want. And that takes me to my next thought, that is, our circumstances will never change unless we change our perspective and take action. And the last part is especially important because sometimes I find myself complaining and complaining about things in, in my life that I don't like or that maybe are not going the right way. But I don't actually do or try to find a solution to the problem. A practical example of this is that when I came here, I found myself in this new country. It was hard for me to create new relationships and friendships. And I got to a point where I felt alone and, and I started realizing that I was lacking these relationships. And I realized one day that I was complaining about it so much but not actually doing anything to change that. I was saying, oh, I don't have any friends. I don't have anyone to hang out. But I never invited anyone over my house or I never texted my, you know, somebody I knew and said, hey, do you want to hang out? Do you want to do this? Why don't you come over? So I wasn't actually taking action to change my circumstances. Complaining is not going to help you do anything. So don't expect that your life will be magically fixed if you don't do anything about it. It takes work if you want to solve your problems. And that is a valuable lesson I learned. My next point is also similar to the previous one. And it's also about your mind. And, and now that I realize, it seems that everything is tied up in your mind. And if you learn to control it, you can start fresh and you can redo your life. So I have learned that gratitude, joy, and faith are an action, not a feeling. Let me say that again. Gratitude, joy, and faith 
are an action, not a feeling. So now let me explain that because I also thought at first that it sounded insane. I'm like, what? I've always experienced or felt gratitude, felt joy, felt faith. So how are these not a feeling, but an action? So now I understand it. So naturally, as humans, we do not incline to be grateful and joyful because our sinner nature makes us selfish and ungrateful, which are not compatible with joyfulness, correct? In the end, we go through life thinking the wrong way and focusing on what we lack. And the only way to change that is by making a choice to think right. So think about it. When you feel ungrateful, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're lacking something. But what means is that you have thinking about what is absent and excluding of what is actually present. And when you feel gratitude, it means that you have been thinking about thoughts of appreciation for the things you do have. So it seems to me that when you think you're doing something which makes it an action. So being grateful in the end is not a feeling, but it's an action. And you can choose to harbor specific thoughts that will help you in the end become grateful or ungrateful, depending which ones you're thinking. So Newberry also says in his book that gratitude is a conviction, a practice, and a discipline. Gratitude involves channeling your energy and attention toward what is present and working rather than what is absent and ineffective. The more you focus on your problems, the less you enjoy life. But the more you choose to have faith and affirm God's great plans and blessings from the future, the more fully alive you'll be in the current moment. So it seems that gratitude, joy, and faith, like I said, are an action and not a feeling. That is a truly mind-blowing truth for me. And it has changed every aspect of my life. Because I have understood, and like I said before, that everything starts in the mind. I stopped looking for happiness outside. I know that the only way to be happy is by choosing to feel gratitude, joy, by having faith in the Lord, and by affirming that His promises for me are going to be true, and that they already exist, even though I may not see it in the current moment. So the next thing I learned is that, yes, training your mind is very important. But it doesn't just end there. You also have to protect your mind. So the lesson I have learned is that your mental diet is crucial for a better life. Over the years, We've seen an increase in people focusing on fitness, which involves exercising and having a healthy diet. I mean, you guys know this. It's everywhere. Influencers, Instagrammers, dietitians, YouTubers, all talking about how important a healthy diet is for you. 
But now, how many people have you heard talking about a healthy mental diet? So think about it. The quality of your thinking matters because the patterns of your mind that accumulate over a lifetime will also direct your actions and determine your circumstances, which is what we have been talking about. But now, everything you think or how you think can be influenced by your exposures. So filtering what you listen, watch, or spend time reading, it's important. Because in the end, everything you see, hear, read, and think will shape who you are, right? The principle is easy. If you give your body junk food, what is it going to happen? your body is going to get sick. And the same thing applies to the mind. If you nurture your body with negative things that don't help you grow, then that is not going to help you. So limit your exposure to those type of things and follow a healthy mental diet for a better life. Yes, my friends. And like one of my episodes before, it's called The Biggest Battle, Our Mind. You have to understand that if you want to redo your life, it all starts with you, with your mind. Once you master that, everything else that comes in life, every storm that life throws at you is going to be nothing because you already have control of your own path in life. Now, if there is a glitch in your mind, if you have issues If you have traumas and problems, I need you to know that those things need to be worked on in the moment. I say this by experience. The other lesson I learned, and I think the hard way, is that what you don't fix now will hunt you down later. Avoiding your problems won't make them disappear, my friend. And you cannot outrun them. They're fast. Your past will always catch up with you. And when it does, it's way worse because it comes all as a storm, as a hurricane that hits you with all the issues all at once. And it throws you out of your balance. So don't let things wander around. Don't let things without fixing because what happens is that they accumulate one on top of another, until they're going to drag you down into a hole that is going to be so much harder to get out than when you only had one problem. The next lesson I learned that I think it took me all these years to learn, and I, I'm still working on it, is that you are capable, strong, and enough. You are so worth it. And you need to start believing it. And this is important because until you see yourself in a different light, until you understand your true value and how unique and special you are, you are gonna continue to live a life of mediocrity or mediocrity. I think that's the right way, uh, word. You are capable of so much more. So why do you pull yourself back? I kept doing this for years. I would always see how good other people 
were, how many talents other people had, but I never saw that in myself and it kept me from doing amazing things. You have to believe on the gifts God gave you. You have to believe on the sacrifice He did for you because you are worth it to Him. So you are enough just as you are because He says so. And when you truly believe and understand this, you're going to hold yourself to greatest standards. You're going to achieve so many things because you actually, that's, That is what you were meant to be. That is what you were created for. But if you don't see that in yourself, you're not going to be able to become and to fulfill the purpose he has for you. So that is why going to the next lesson is that self-care and self-love are important because no one else is going to take care of you if you don't take care of yourself. And once you start taking care of yourself, like, for example, working to improve your mental health, your character, taking time to invest in yourself to reach your full potential, you will also start loving yourself. They come hand in hand and you start loving yourself because you start seeing your worth, you see your talents and what you're capable of. In the end, investing in yourself is going to improve your life. This is how you can redo your life. Because if you don't believe you can, you won't do it. If you don't take the time to invest, to learn, to gain tools that will help you be better, to listen, to read things that will help you change, then you won't be able to reach your full potential. So in the end, self-care and self-love means investing in your well-being, investing and accumulating tools that will help you grow and be better. So my friends, these are the things that I wanted to share with you today. I hope that in this new year, you get to learn more. You get to grow more. You get to change your life because you deserve a second chance and because it is possible. Remember that life comes in seasons. And from each one of them, we get to learn something beautiful. There is no growth without pain. This concept needs to be present on the back of your mind always. That way, when you're going through the storm, you can ask yourself, what do I need to learn from this? Instead of, why me? Taking an attitude of wanting to learn will improve your chances of overcoming troubles and will help you redo your life into a beautiful one. You now have a couple of tools that will help you start redoing your life. So take them, use them, and become who you're meant to be. I am so excited for you. I am so happy for you. And if there is anything you ever need, any questions you have, don't hesitate to contact me. We have our Instagram page, redo.of.life and you can message me there with any questions, with any concerns or even any ideas you have, any topics that you want us to discuss in this podcast. I hope you have a beautiful day, a beautiful rest of your week. Until next time, see you soon, my friend.